Thrilled to be here today with this exciting panel to discuss short-form content and also to announce a new commissioning fund um, for emerging writers, directors and uh, producers to create short-form digital-first content in the Irish language. This new initiative is in associ association with the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland, Northern Ireland's um, Irish Language Broadcast Fund, Uthras na Gaeilfachta and um, in association with Grace on the Man. And the hope is that th with th under the mentorship and um, training of production companies, we can develop a new generation of storytellers who cre can create innovative content for this new generation of audiences. I guess this 18 to 34 year old age group is the elusive audience um, for content creators and broadcasters in particular. And um, we know they're digital natives, that they consume media in a totally different way and engage with it in a totally different way. So the focus of today's panel is how to create innovative content that's really going to attract this audience and in the process, hopefully develop new talent who can create content that's really going to resonate and have relevance for this audience. So we have a great panel here along with us today, including Louise Thornton, who who is the Digital so Social and Youth Commissioning Executive of BBC Scotland. Rodri Abduff, oh, I had it a minute ago, Dovrik, sorry, <laughs> who is the Online Content Commissioner with F4C. Maeve McLaughlin, who's the Youth Executive with Northern Ireland Screen, working with BBC Three and BBC Northern Ireland. And Eamon McManus of Moose and also TG Lurgan. So, so I know time is going to fly, so we might just kick off with go around the houses or the Zoom screens in this scenario and uh, say hello to our guests, get a bit of a sense of who they are, what they do, and their thoughts on attracting um, this younger audience in a digital or short form space. So maybe Louis we might kick off with you. Um, but thank you, thank you for asking me. Um, I'm a commissioner in BBC Scotland, so I'm part of a commissioning team, and we all have kind of different remits. But I look after mostly what we're doing for younger audiences and new talent. It's quite a broad brief. I cover everything from docs to comedy to drama. I've got some um, drama pilots on iPlayer at the moment. So, but it's um, the main the main focus is really how can we grow the creative sector in, in Scotland and how can we bring through fresh voices and fresh talent and really develop them. Louise, obviously in, in age, BBC Scotland is quite a young channel, but it's also quite a young and vibrant channel in general in terms of how you focus your content. What content and genres, I guess, do you think work most with this 18 to 34 year old bracket? What, what most resonates? Um, yeah, it's interesting because BBC Scotland in itself it isn't a youth channel, you know, and linear TV in general doesn't tend to, to skew young. But um, what we've found, certainly from a channel perspective, is things that, I mean, at the moment, what's doing brilliantly with young audience for us is um, outdoor content. We're just seeing kind of people, and I've got, I've got a show actually right through, through the social um, called Roaming in the Wild. Um, so that's skewing young, but it also feels like part of sort of like BBC Scotland linear watching in a heartland. Um, but generally speaking for young audiences, I mean, what I find is if I can engage with a talent who's already got a, you know, a following or a tone or an authentic voice that is talking to a young audience. So somebody for me, like Jamie Genevieve, who's one of kind of Scotland's biggest makeup bloggers, I did a documentary with her last year when the channel was launching. What we found working with somebody like her was that she brought a whole new lot of um, viewers to BBC Scotland who maybe had logged into iPlayer but maybe hadn't 
consumed a lot of iPlayer. So what we found was they actually turned up to watch it in on linear, and she was trending nationally on Twitter when when that went out. But they also came to iPlayer. So I've all just done a, a show with her in lockdown. I watched a little bit of it last night, actually. Yeah. yeah it's one of the kind of like you know benefits of lockdown. You've got good access to talent because you know we're all in our houses, but um. Yeah, so I did a, a show with her off the back of the dock. And again, we saw the same effect. Um, maybe not so brilliant on channel, but amazing on iPlayer and reactivating those those users again. I definitely find those kind of those kind of people attract young audiences. Um, but then also it can be some of the documentaries, just if it's got a particular subject matter or tone, that's when we find we garner a young audience as well. So um, there was a documentary that called Lumo, Too Young to Die. It's a really sad story of a young man, a young rapper who'd, um, who'd taken his life. And, but that drew a really young audience. Just the filmmaker was totally you know, connected with the story. Um, suicide is a you know, huge problem. And just the whole way she packaged it up, you know, it felt very young, very fresh, great soundtrack, you know, and just absolutely you know, emotional story at the core. So I think, you know, we do find young audiences do want kind of wind down and, you know, break away from life, you know, get escapism content. But I think if you can find a story that is hard hitting, that connects with their lives, they, they will turn out for it. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Maeve, um, you were appointed last year into the youth executive role with Northern Ireland Screen, working with BBC Three and BBC Northern Ireland. So I think it was to focus to, con to, to focus on creating content in this space, digital space for a younger audience, but also to develop the creative sector in Northern Ireland. No small ask. <laughs> no, but it's been an amazing experience. Um, yeah, so I specifically worked for BBC Three, um, but within Northern Ireland, and I also kind of work with with the whole sort of indie sector within Northern Ireland and now I'm also um, pairing up with Louise and a few others to do this also in Scotland but it's a great opportunity for us to try and develop the content that's being um, brought in from different parts of the nations and regions because one thing that we've really discovered is for a youth audience it has to be um, content that they actually can resonate with and it's we need stories from all across the UK and Ireland to find those people and to have all those backgrounds and experiences because then that's how you're going to draw your audience it's it's content for specifically for them so um i think what happened was very early on uh, bbc3 and bbc northern ireland recognized that there was a gap in that part of the sector and they've now tried to push it out across different parts of the nations and regions so it's been a very exciting opportunity so i've really enjoyed it so far i know the bbc probably has a whole machine of audience research in terms of identifying trends and themes so let's say irish production companies who are interested in this blue newer fund that we're talking about today are interested in going into this space and looking at this audience how would you recommend they look at trying to find i guess stories and themes and trends that are going to really resonate with the, this age group I think it's really important and one of the thing is definitely when I'm sitting within the commissioning room is making sure that we're getting authentic aspirational and um, escapist television that is going to really resonate with the young audience and what we love is whenever companies come in and they actually have young team members that are pitching with them because it makes us really realize that they are actually bringing in younger members who are living that life who actually have that point of view and they're actually tapping in that that sort of um that age group into their development. So yes, it's great that we at the BBC have all this background sort of um, access to all the different stats and all that jazz, but it doesn't take a lot to kind of get online and see what young people are watching. And um, you can get lots of different information from broadcasts about what's doing well, 
um, currently with audiences. So looking at audience trends, um, not just on linear television, because we're a digital channel, we really focus on social media. We see TikTok, we look at different YouTube stars. And it's really important that you are creating authentic content that's going to resonate with your audience. So that would be the first advice that I would give. Brilliant. Rodri, we might jump over to you if that's all right. Um, Rodri obviously is the online content commissioner with S4C and I know you, you deal with online digital content across S4C but particularly Hanch which is the social platform for 16 to 34 year olds, a bit like Block that we have on TG Carher but I know you've commissioned probably more into this space than we have to date. You might give us a bit of a sense of Block. Yeah, so um, we started Hanch in 2017 and the aim really was to shift, you know, straight to online, create for online for that audience where they were. Um, before that, we were, you know, we had uh, magazine programs still and they weren't performing well. And, you know, we, we wanted to make a big shift. So um, we decided to go all in on social platforms and commission for those. And, you know, it's just been growing uh, ever since then. Um, it's, you know, we've tried to sort of branch out when we feel that the audience is kind of growing and so we started sort of just with um facebook and youtube in particular and then slowly but surely kind of grown to other platforms over time commissioned mid-form documentaries um as well as podcasts and you know recently we did a a, a short film challenge and we worked with the drama department to do a um a series a drama series as well which was sort of made for online so there's been lots of things which have expanded over time and you know uh, of course, you know, that audience shifts and goes in different directions and we just try to move as fast as we can with them. And TikTok being the most recent um, one of those shifts. Rodri, I'm interested in that, obviously, BBC Three, um, E4, BBC Scotland, you know, they're industry leaders in, in this type of content. But I guess us as an Irish language station and you guys at a Welsh mm. language station, we don't want to just do a copycat version of that. And I'm looking at the BBC Three promo, pro, pro, pro promo with the likes of Ru RuPaul and like we're not going to have a RuPaul equivalent and that won't work on TG Cahar. How do you try and I suppose still do kind of original content? TG Cahar's mm. um, motto is Sulela, another viewpoint and we want to resonate with an Irish young Irish language audience. Yes. How do you attempt to do that in, in the Welsh world if you like? Yeah it's a fine balance between sort of creating content which you know is resonates with that Welsh language audience which is um, you know which is uh, resonates with their lives and their experience of being Welsh speakers and being in Wales as well as having content which is you know aspirational and reaches beyond Wales as well so you know comedy was our sort of basis and, and is still sort of a big part of what we do and finding that talent developing it uh, and obviously much of that you know the, the ones that really uh, go furthest are the ones which point to an experience of being Welsh or have a connection with Welshness um, and you know you know that, that just rings with with people um, however you know with, with the documentary strand we've really tried to uh, open that out to you know amazing Welsh individuals living working abroad you know making sort of an impression on a big scale and to try and sort of just broaden horizons you know way beyond and um, whether that be, you know, research in the Arctic or sort of fashion in LA or, or whatever it is. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that, that's the sort of um, the balance, I guess. Um, you're kind of talking to people, you know, helping them have a platform to express their current identities uh, in all its, you know, um, glory uh, and always trying to push that and find those um, those voices which, you know, 
and not finding space on television at all, really. Uh-huh. Um, Eamon, obviously, um, you work with Moose, which is a, a, a digital agency, but also you're the creative head behind TG Lurgan. And TG Lurgan has probably been the greatest greatest success so far, anyway, in terms of bringing the, that young Irish language audience um, to digital platforms, and you did it through music. What, what do you think was the, the key to the success of TG Lurgan? Well, first, Gurmino that's the it's booklet. Um, I think it had a novelty from the get-go. Music, music has always worked online and YouTube. Everyone wanted to hear a different version of a different song. The Gael Talk has always been a place of music and translating songs. We were maybe the first people to just record them. Let's put it that way. Just record them and put them online. That novelty factor just was enough that people thought it was interesting and I suppose from my perspective when we started doing it I didn't approach it from maybe a mindset of we're a school we're an Irish college let's just make it my aspiration behind it was always to make it feel like okay we weren't maybe going to reach the standards of the highest music artists out there but let's see how high of a standard we can make it even if it's just an Irish school you know in Connemara let's just make it to the, the standard that we feel that it wouldn't feel dif- too different from everything else that was online. And so when I approached it well over 10 years ago, I wanted it to feel like something I would watch, that I'd be happy to sit down and spend three minutes. And, and that's just a, a taste thing, you know, and there might be 10 of us in a room and we'd all look at it and go, do you feel like you would watch this? And people yeah okay so then that was the standard to not just putting it up online and hoping that the that it would work it was did, did we like it and that was the test we might show us the promo that you sent us is a promo for tg lurgan when it ended up on tg kahara as well so we might run that now just to give people a taste of that I'm going to tell you about the piece of trash that you can't learn. That's my space, a pure classic cook. Let me meet you in the school. Captain Gwil is in the Farga, and I'm forgiving my roots. I'm going to give you my honest to win. I guess you, you've maybe a question for all of the panelists. You've all talked about, I guess, aspirational content. Um, and I know there's a, there's a lot that is potentially driven by talent that might have come from YouTube, um, Instagram, that kind of stuff. But is there a place also for, you know, strong docs, strong drama, strong comedy stuff that's maybe less personality driven all the time? I don't know who wants to jump in there. Uh, yeah, I can, I can talk to that. Um, I would say yes, absolutely. Um, but I'm quite interested in how we do drama and comedy differently. So um, 
we've developed through the social, which is our kind of like new talent, you know, kind of digital first uh, platform. We've developed it as a new drama format and um, it sort of looks like, you know, if you, it's all based on you watch it on your phone and it looks like your phone becomes somebody else's. So oh, wow. three of them now, um, working with new writers, you know, performers who are at college. So it feels really young. First one was called Kidder. So that won a few awards, which was great. Um, the next one, that was about a young boy who, you know, he was pretending everything was all right on social media, but actually he was getting really depressed. He couldn't find a job. Everyone else seemed to be doing really well. Second one was called Shamed. It was about a young girl who went on a night out and then people circulated pictures of her. And the third one was just put out and it's called Control. And it's all, we actually released that in three parts on like Facebook Watch and on Instagram TV. So I think like, you know, with drama and things, we're always trying to sort of do things differently and you know big drama budgets there's still a big a place for like you know amazing dramas like Fleabag and, and you know I May Destroy are just amazing I love them but I think it's also really interesting for you know new writers and new talent to be able to experiment with format a little bit more so um, you can watch Control on Facebook or IGTV and then I've also done four pilots this year on iPlayer and they're 10 minutes each and I'll take one of them to series but series for me will be six times ten minutes so again very good and documentary Rodri any thoughts yeah so you know we really wanted to have some longer form high quality content you know we, we developed a lot along the lines of the social you know they were a big inspiration at the beginning um and you know but we we felt you know there was something missing um an experience of, of lean, lean back viewing and sort of having sort of longer stories. And so we've, we've sort of been commissioning them over the last couple of years. Um, and now we're going into some current affairs documentaries as well over the next year. So we've just commissioned um, 12, 10 minutes, uh, which will be sort of more investigative, uh, harder hitting and looking really, you know, a bit deeper whilst trying to keep the others a bit more uh, light. There's been really good sort of comedy docs, um, which we've done. One which was really successful was a 20 minute doc, uh, which uh, had one of our sort of talents who's, who's been coming through on, on social, Garmon, uh, who went out to Patagonia to find out what the Welsh colony was, colony was like out there. And, you know, going out cynical and taking part in the Eisteddfod over there and competing and coming back, you know, enamoured with the place and uh, flipping the sort of uh, perceptions, really. So, yeah, th th there's, a, there's definitely a space there. But, you know, for us, we don't really have the budget to do anything more than sort of, you know, those one-off pilots, maybe, uh, which can then go on uh, higher. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky position and it's one we're trying to find our way with drama at the moment. You know, we've, we've done a eight times 10 minutes. Um, but now we're really looking to sort of do something a bit different on the drama side, which is a bit more affordable. Okay, very good. I suppose that probably brings us on naturally to, to that whole concept of creating more short form content. You know, a lot of the production companies that work with us on a regular basis on the linear channel, who might be interested in moving into this space, it is totally a different kind of transition, isn't it? In terms of going from long form linear, just even in terms of the, I suppose the, the, the narrative structure, but also it visually, visually uh, like it's visually stylistically different. Maeve, would you be able to talk a little bit about that? Sure, no problem. Um, yeah, so for us, short short form content is is a fantastic model. Um, and a, particularly, I was a commissioned executive on a BBC Three show recently called Angels of the North. 
And mm-hmm. um, so this is a reality style show that follows um, a super salon in um, the northeast of England in, in Newcastle. Um, so it's on its second series. And what we found was the episodes are only 15 minutes long because we find with a youth audience that snackable content is sometimes the most successful way for them to digest what they're watching. And we definitely find that in some of our documentaries, instead of doing a 90 minute documentary, we're doing, you know, three episodes of 30 minutes uh-huh. because um, a younger audience is sometimes, you know, always on two screens. You'll always be something on your phone whilst you're watching content and it's enough to kind of um, grab their appetite and then they'll watch the next episode and then the next episode. So we find that model really successful uh-huh. um, and we've tried to then use it in, in other a- areas. We, we also would have a short form team that specifically sits in Birmingham creating content for YouTube on our social media platforms. Um, so we find that, you know, you have to, you have to be quite clever with your storytelling because obviously you're doing it in a shorter form um, okay. and you're trying to grab your audience very quickly. For BBC Three, we spend a lot of time working on titles and thumbnails to really sell our shows because not just on, um, you know, short form platforms, but also on the iPlayer, it's a okay. very competitive market. And that graphic and that image is gonna is gonna pull your audience in from the word goes. So that would be the first point. Mm-hmm. And Louise, the concept of short form, uh, you know, and talking about durations, would you consider it something that's platform driven or content driven? You know, is it is it is it the idea that drives what duration should it be, or you hear other people saying, oh well, if it is for YouTube, it should be this duration, or if it is for IGTV, it should be this duration for it to work. You know, I suppose thinking more of the back end. Um, yeah, I um, I think I go by idea personally, and I think you know as a commissioner, I'm probably quite lucky because I've got a variety of platforms I can commission into. So somebody might come to with an idea to me as a half hour documentary, but I'll be like, actually, I think that's I could do that in three minutes on on <laughs> like a nice smack in the face for them, isn't it? <laughs> But if it's a, you know, it's interesting, really, you know, just like what, what you see in something and, you know, when you've kind of like come from a short form background, you know, you can kind of see you, you hit them hard at the beginning, exactly like Maeve says, you know, title, imagery, first three seconds, you know, you pull them in and then you can unpack it that way. So I think I've got quite a kind of like short form sensibility about, about me anyway. But having said that, the drama that I was just talking about, um, uh, the control that we commissioned through the social so the three parts did well on uh, Facebook but on the Instagram TV we just put out as one and I think it was like about it was at least 12 minutes long and the completion rate was just fantastic so I look at that and I think you know yes if you get the right idea you know you can absolutely hold somebody's attention on a phone like that for that long if you can if you can draw them in the right way and then also um, you know there's just other ideas that just you know, that, that are long, as long as they're good enough, you know, people will, will watch them. I totally agree with what you're saying, Maeve, though, about, you know, like lead them in and kind of like give them lots. I think that's something in Scotland we need to do more of, you know, just have that like snackable, stackable. So you've got like, you know, if I'm going to commit to this, oh, I know there's lots of it, so it's worth it. So I think that's mm-hmm. what we're thinking a lot about. Yeah, that's something we're working on a bit, you know, in terms of, really clarifying series and sort of making use of series functions on IGTV and Facebook and, and, and YouTube and trying to sort of enable that follow on viewing uh, is definitely something we're looking at. 
And Rodri, I know when we spoke before, I suppose talking about this kind of language of short form, even from a production point in terms of how you think about shooting it, yeah. you know, you've talked about thumbnails, graphic imagery, but even what platform it's going to be, be in, what aspect ratios, mm -hmm. what are the deliverables? It's, it's, all, it's all quite a jump for production companies that are used to yeah. just delivering a linear telly program, um, not necessarily on tape anymore, I know. But and I know you have a certain, a, a certain few production companies that work with you more regularly. Was it, yeah. was it, quite, was it quite a transition for them to kind to get to that point yeah certainly you know i think the, the the sort of models within companies in in wales was quite um traditional in terms of structure in terms of the way they were editing uh and so you know there's been a learning curve um and we've had to sort of develop the sector in a way um but there's also been you know small new companies who've jumped in who are totally you know uh understand it and can do it you know straight off so yeah, it, there's there's a balance there because you know we we have to have volume, we have to bring some of the larger companies with us, and one of the ways that's worked is you know creating mini companies within those larger companies who are digital first and sort of really building sort of teams which work just on short form and just for, on online who really live and breathe that because that's the way that they'll understand how to package, how to sort of create content which works for that audience. You really do have to sort of come from that background, I think. Um, and, but we're seeing more and more companies now and individuals who are coming through who just understand it as well. So that's exciting. Very good. And Eamon, probably you guys probably went the other way. I know, obviously, TG Lurgan was its own entity. And then we, you built a relationship with TG Cahar then. And we had, a, we had a series that went out on TG Cahar's YouTube and on our linear station. Did that work, do you think? Like our broadcasters asking too much sometimes when they're looking for potentially a longer form format that's going to sit you know, easier potentially when it goes on to linear as well. It's it's funny because when I was look, lucky to work with um, team up with Iris, that's you know that's how I got into this. And Kieran and Iris was able to take this TG car, and really the approach that I had from the beginning was just going. Well, I'm used to making two minute content for online. Now I just need to stack up more two minutes and transition them well enough that it doesn't feel like a huge change. So I always approached with each each year and each season that we came, it was just, can you get a nice two minutes that would actually sit on its own online, but transition into something else, which for us was obviously music that felt, didn't, didn't feel like it was a, an unusual change and then come out of that music and go back into it something else. And so really I was just stacking two-minute segments up and we I suppose we all felt that that 12 to 15 minutes was was about as much as you'd want to watch and it's mm -hmm. funny you ask about the work TG Car were great in you know in in last year in getting behind us going on to YouTube and premiering there first because I mean that length of content doesn't feel out of place there and it's mm -hmm. funny when we went to watch the very first episode and the the intro opening that would be on TV came on. It was the first time I just immediately went, we don't need that on online. We had the 20 second intro that really, if you turn on a video on YouTube, it, it starts. It, it doesn't really need the whole intro graphic title. And it was kind of a, a little bit of a learning for me is like, you, you don't necessarily need the same version of your content. And we, we were active in breaking the program apart for Instagram and I believe TikTok different places. Um but it was funny watching that first episode I immediately went, 
we don't need the 20 second intro. It's 20 seconds where as Maeve has said, you don't get, you're not really grabbing them. They're just getting an overview of your program before your program yeah. starts. And it was just it was a learning for me that can go in the future. Yeah, that 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 traditional long-winded intro just falls apart when it comes to digital and social, doesn't it? We yeah. might talk maybe a little bit about platforms. You mentioned TikTok, Instagram, and the likes. Those the, for Generation Z, the platforms of choice. Is it all social? Like, Maeve, in terms of BBC Three, what are the main platforms that you guys are focusing on at the moment? And how, I guess, how are you measuring success? You know, it's it's gone are the days of overnights when it comes to linears. Are you constantly looking at figures? I made myself a bit sick looking at some of, of the figures on BBC Scotland and BBC Three last night. Okay. Um, uh, well done to you guys. But it, it, is it like, is, is it about, is that what it is? Is it views? Is it how long they're sticking with it for? Is it longevity as it is? It, is it there an evergreen nature to it? How, how much they're coming back to it over time as well? I think for us, um, social media platforms are an inspiration, but we're very cautious about um, trying to do what's already being done very successfully. So we get pitched a lot of talent that maybe have made their name on TikTok and YouTube. And for me specifically within commissioning, I, I'm always very cautious of making sure that we're not getting what someone's doing on TikTok very successfully and trying to just mirror it on BBC Three because that, that, that that's not a successful way to bring your audience in. So there's sometimes um, you can see trends where people obviously are taking a real interest in, in a specific area. You know, there's obviously pranks have become a big thing on TikTok and there's certain people that have kind of made their name doing that. And once they're established in that space and they're a really well-known talent, of course, I would be interested in a, in, a, in a BBC Three show if they've got a really good following. But it's also trying to find an area of how we could bring them in without them just replicating what they've already done. Um, so, so for us, um, we sort of respect the platforms as where they stand, um, and we just kind of we monitor them rather than trying to take what's already kind of found its success and pulling it in. Because for us, BBC Three has to be standalone and individual. So we, we don't ever want to be copycatting what's already being done re really successfully on those platforms. Very good. And Louise, like I know, obviously you you work on social and be and and the social, but also as you've mentioned before, across the player and linear and stuff like that as well. Is there is there value in that kind of evergreen content that can sit on the player and draw people back to your brand again and again? But particularly with this younger audience, do you, do you find that they are coming to the player or even coming to YouTube channels and stuff like that as well? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think something like the socials harder to cut through on YouTube. It just really, we really are finding that harder, doing much better on you know, much better growth on something like Instagram and Facebook, still a massive platform there. Um, but I've got quite a few shows that have kind of taken a, a digital approach, a digital first approach. So I've got a music show called Tune and the, the guys that pitched that to me were saying, you know, look, you know, music consumption on, you know, YouTube and, and online, um, like Eamon says, is, is you know, a, a really massive thing. So let's not try and just make a 30 minute music show for channel. Let's actually just make it for digital mm -hmm. and pretty much do a stitch. And um, that's the way we, we uh, do that. And so that's quite successful, actually. And it also means that like, actually, I don't always have to do 30 minutes on channels. Sometimes, you know, somebody will work as like a 15 minute piece and that's great. And I've got some music pieces that are 15 minutes and comedy pieces that are 15 minutes. And because we can kind of put them together into a schedule, that kind of works for, for late night for me. Uh -huh. But 
where I'm getting the young audience is they're going and they're watching it, they're picking it up on Twitter or YouTube, and then you know they're watching more on on iPlayer. So it's definitely a strategy I want to do more of. Mm -hmm. And Rodri, when you're looking at content that's going to resonate with the Welsh audience, are you are you looking at platforms or how are you trying to draw in, I suppose, that Welsh audience with your content? Is it through cross-platform promotion? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you talk about the, the music programme there because we, we've done something very similar where, you know, we've commissioned the programme with mainly the, made for online first so that the, every single part of the programme is, you know, a, a, a spot for um, YouTube or social. Um, I think if I go back to the previous question about sort of finding talent on social as well, I think we've got a kind of different approach there um, because you know, in the Welsh language, you don't tend to have that much organic sort of people making vlogs and doing TikToks. Although TikTok is surprisingly, the Welsh TikTok scene is surprisingly big. Um, so we have to do a bit of sort of encouragement and giving a platform and co-production with them in a way. So we, we kind of go, you know, produce the UGC in, in some senses. So we're kind of working with them, finding people, but also sort of helping them through um, and, and giving them you know, assistance really in, in polishing their work and, and the platform. Um, you know, th there's lots of stuff we do in terms of uh, the growth on promoting programs on social is is has been huge uh, recently, but that's kind of uh, not not my department at the moment. But um, you know, we we tend to focus more on the original content made for made for social media. Very good. Okay. I guess when you're talking about then new talent, then a lot of that new talent on screen, like you said, is potentially through social. But what about new talent on the other side, like those writers, producers, directors, um, that I suppose the new generation of storytellers that that I suppose with this scheme, Glue Nua, that we want to kind of bring forward and hopefully that they can kind of author and drive this content a little bit more that can target this audience. Maeve, I guess you're working kind of very directly through that and you, you yourself came up through a development scheme. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend, I guess, production companies, I suppose, look for that talent and or how do they find the right matches and talent find the production companies? I think um, there's so many amazing schemes out there at the minute, um, you know, targeting young, uh, new talent. Um, so it, it's very different now than what it was maybe five or 10 years ago within the industry. So there's lots of different routes in. Um, there's a lot of people that are creating their own content and putting it out there. So I keep a really big eye myself, you know, out on different social media platforms. Um, there's obviously different Facebook groups and Instagram sort of followings that you have people posting their own, their own materials. So um I think it's really important that companies are aware of people who are getting that opportunity step through the door. Um, yeah, I, I came in through a, a talent scheme with Northern Ireland Screen a number of years ago, and um, it was just an opportunity where I couldn't previously get, get through that door of kind of meeting the right people. And um, these schemes give people the opportunity to create their own content and to be put on a platform. So, um, and I know, you know, for, from us for up, up, in, up in the north, we have Northern Ireland Screen, which is a great screen agency. And I know um, there's, there's plenty across different parts of Ireland and the UK that, that monitor the regions to give those opportunities. But I think it's, it's given people a chance and just actually thinking, well, if I'm trying to create content that's focusing on younger people, I should really be bringing those younger people into my, into my network and mm -hmm. uh, listening to their ideas. So I think it's opening our, our um, opening our thought path of what we think that young people who maybe don't have as much experience under their belts but have really innovative exciting ways to create content and giving them those opportunities mm. and and we, yeah. sorry go ahead 
I was just gonna I don't I was just gonna say um that really that's how maybe I came sure to, to get TG Lurgan on onto uh, TG Car was we had this channel, this YouTube channel and we were looking to you know continuously go forward and I had a relationship with Kieran in Irish media productions and I went to him and said, you know, can you help me get this onto TG Car? Because I was desperate or really wanted to do something that would be broadcast. And uh, Kieran was great to work. He knew the language. He knew what needed to be put together in a document to get this to TG Car to, to impress, you know. And so for me, it was a case of approaching him, building a relationship there to to submit and maybe not try so much from the outside to do everything myself to try to go first time can i get in the door it was a partner with a production company that had a relationship and that made a lot of sense and even since then on the production or last year we had hannity Bryn with us who was on i don't actually know what team it is the tg car um partners i'm not quite sure it might be a bai team or something like that and again there's talent coming through in fairly big you know, roles with responsibility first time out the gate and able to get onto a production and, you know, hopefully it learned something on our production and take that going forward. But really, from, from my perspective, it was the idea of if you're a young filmmaker or creator, is try to partner with a production company that you like. And you, want to, you want to do something in their style on TV, but you have the idea, I would say, to approach. Yeah, and I guess like any content, if you watch watch their content, you'll you'll kind of get a good sense of whether they're a good fit for you, isn't it? Yeah. I guess it, maybe as a final question for you all on this topic, diversity is a big buzzword in general at the moment, and trying to create a diversity of voices and subject matter, and both in front and behind the screen, talking about this developing new talent. And Rodri, I might even throw this to you to start off with, because... I suppose I'm sometimes aware, especially when your pool is smaller in terms of a language pool, um, that you kind of don't want the same old faces or the same old voices uh, always, that it's a certain type that, that whose, whose stories are coming through all the time. How, you, yeah. how do you try and negotiate that, I guess? Yeah, it, it is a challenge. I mean, I think we laid it out at the beginning of Hansh that, you know, we wanted it to be a different place to the channel usually and take a few more risks with people who maybe uh you know weren't experienced and that did help us bring through you know people from diverse backgrounds and um one of the but you have to kind of keep on top of it all the time and keep pushing companies and keep looking yourself at who's out there doing stuff um in recent commissions now we've also kind of really looked at geographic um diversity as well and you know socioeconomic backgrounds and really commissioning sort of short form content specifically from uh the northeast of wales where we're underrepresented you know totally in terms of um creators also you know parts of southwest wales so it's you know uh, we've we've been successful and and recently you know after black lives matter we've done a sort of month of uh you know videos getting different contributors really kind of uh, finding lots, lots and lots of new people through that actually, who can, you know, contribute comedy, entertainment, documentary, and, you know, it's been fantastic for us. Um, but then, you know, it's got to be uh, targeted as well. And, you know, my, my big push, I think at the moment is, you know, we're doing, I think, okay on screen, but behind the camera, it, we're really poor. And that's, you know, even tougher. Um, 
I think the way to do it is to commission, you know, um, projects specifically targeted at a, at a group and try to get those people working together and working with established production companies who can mentor them and really give them, um, you know, uh, the confidence uh, often to, to kind of pitch ideas because people don't think they can. And that's, you know, a tragedy, really. That's really key. We have a few questions and I know we're starting to run out of time, so I might run quickly to them. Um, a question here from Adrian. When when something is successful and resonates with young audiences, is it because of organic growth? Um, so he's basically asking, are young people finding and discovering the content and sharing it? Or is it primarily driven by heavily promoting it yourself? Anyone want to grab that one? Um, yeah, I can take it for, uh, for BBC Scotland, um, we don't put a lot of money behind things. Sometimes uh, on the social, if we think something's taken a, taken a bit of a trick, we might put a tenor behind it, but really we don't have a big marketing budget at all. Um, so the stuff that could like, so big piece for us was a piece called Time for Love, um, like a year or so ago, but a young guy is a spoken word piece. He was talking about homophobia in Glasgow in modern age. And that just took off and really, you know, there wasn't much promotion behind it. It was just a really relevant subject, beautifully executed, just like gorgeous piece of filmmaking. Um, and that did well across all the platforms just because people shared and tagged, you know, they just engaged with it. Um, and then on sort of like iPlayer and, and channel, what we find there is you need a good content discovery strategy around everything. Um, TV trails are one thing, but, you know, we work really closely with our sort of like digital content discovery team to make sure we've got a kind of like, you know, a social plan for everything. And again, we don't have a lot of money to put behind things. So we just need to try and make the best out of the social content and target it to people where we can. Mm -hmm. Speaking maybe of, of money, um, there's two questions in and I might kind of combine them. One is from Seamus McTaggart over in Scotland, Mac TV and Kieran Hartigan of Iris, both in relation to budgets, the million dollar question. So um, they're kind of they're asking about the tariffs that are being offered to work for short form content across the genres, budget and duration, and also whether there's a consensus among the different broadcasters in terms of a standard budget for online short form production. Anyone wanted to grab that lovely question? <laughs> Rodri, yeah, I, I, might, I might throw it to you only because <laughs> I know a bit a bit like us, um, yeah. it, it's the same. When it comes to linear, we'd we'd have different we'd have a different budget scale than the likes of BBC Three and potentially BBC Scotland have. Um, so it's all going to be relative, I guess, to the station and yeah. to the scale and the genre of production as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the ways we we've tackled this really is to sort of commission couple of companies to do volume over a year where we can sort of spread that cost a bit um, wider and sort of have people working on things sort of throughout the year who can click things up and and make things go a bit further but when we commission and sort of individually from companies or, or sort of uh, just a single series it's between 500 pounds to a thousand a minute um, but at the lower end of that really um, documentaries are also about the same tariff but you know once you're up to a thousand a minute then we're probably the same cost per minute as television then so mm -hmm. um for us anyway so um you know it, it's kind of you're getting into an area where you know so at the moment we're, we're roughly about ten thousand for uh, a, a 10 to 15 minute documentary that's what we're aiming at um but then with short form yeah it's you know they, they're between five thousand and fifteen thousand for a commission um, depending on what they are and how sort of, um, uh, yeah, if there's travel involved or anything like that. But obviously things recently have uh, 
quiet them down on that side. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting, really. But we'll see how things pan out. But that's roughly uh, the tariffs that we use. And when you say that in terms of uh, comparing it potentially to like a linear a linear minute or a linear hour, mm. like it, it obviously we're talking about much more scale down crews in terms of the structure of of how a lot of the short form content is being produced. Mm. It, it is different to linear. Yeah, absolutely. And and the the per minute tariff doesn't really work for a lot of this stuff because, you know, it's like, well, is it like a minute? Is it this? It's often 10 minutes and one minute. And, you know, so the the sort of the ways of measuring uh, cost in in television terms don't really work. We kind of use it just as a as a sort of guide, really. Um, and you know, a lot of it is just about you know what the what the cost is for the talent and and uh, the small crews that are involved there. Um, you know, obviously with UGC and producing that, then you know, there's not those same uh, tariffs involved. Um, you know, it's a based on fees and uh, some producers so they are cheaper then um but as as i said you know we're, we're trying to produce a range of stuff which you know from really high quality documentary and drama you know to sort of ugc which is a bit rough around the edges as well okay mave and louise any thoughts in terms of budgets i'm sure you guys are probably working on a slightly higher scale than the likes of myself and rodri it just really depends on the size of the production, really. Um, for for BBC Three, we would so my the the uh, sort of rounds that I would work in, they wouldn't be the highest budgets in the sense that, you know, we don't have the marketing backing and the and the the big RuPaul all singing all dancing machine behind us. So we're really selective with the content that we choose because we know that it has to land well. Uh, but it's a discussion with the with the production company of what they can achieve. I mean, we're very open. We obviously have a limit, but we are very open to discussing with, within their needs. But um, what I'm currently trying to do is to um, encourage repeatable series and repeatable formats so that it's a business proposition for a company that it's a slightly smaller budget, but with a higher returnable rate. Um, so that's where my focus would be lying at the minute. Brilliant. I'm afraid we are running out of time. It's flown by so much for short form. <laughs> um, I really want to really, really thank the whole panel that's here today for a really, really informative, exciting conversation. I guess for us, like I said, this is a kickoff for Glue New, which is a new commissioning round that TG Cahar are announcing with the BAI, ILBF, Udras Nagelt and Grace on Aman. All the details for that can be found on our website, tgcahar.ie forward slash commission. Thanks a million, Rodri, Louise, Maeve and Eamon for your time and for a really interesting conversation. Thank you. Two. 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 Two.